right, greetings and welcome in. It's Better's Last Stand here, show number 45. Already done 44 of these bad boys uh, over the course of the last year. Uh, Matt here flying solo again. Coach and Chris are at Bocce tonight in uh, over in Bel Air, Sons of Italy. And uh, Luke Doyle still uh, fireballing for post one who gets ready to make their push towards the Legion playoffs. So he's tied up. And then Cooley uh, probably is golfing today, if I had to make a guess. So, anyway, flying solo again. I'll have Sam here in the last hour of the program, as usual, or the last segment of the program. We don't ever actually go an hour, I don't think, but uh, we'll talk until our hearts are desired, as usual. But, anyway, welcome back into BLS. Uh, good to have you with us. Hopefully, you're uh, enjoying the show. Uh, we continue to try to make it better, so be sure and give us some feedback. Contact at thepineroompodcast.com. At the Pine Room Studios, all over social media, BLS underscore PRP on Twitter. If you want the uh, day-to-day updated picks and things like that that I can put out daily, i usually do that on Twitter. So uh, be sure and check it out. Keep up with everything that's going on. Lots going on in the Pine Room. we got the logger out there. we got the burger. Uh, Italian Festival coming up in a week, and we'll have uh, our beer down there. More launch plans going into effect for a launch up in Weirton for the Pine Room Logger. So be on the lookout for all that stuff if you haven't had it yet. Give it a shot. Uh, it's pretty pretty damn good beer, and uh, I think you'll enjoy it. And uh, it's Pine Room season's right around the corner. We've got about a week till NFL training camp starts up. So it's, uh, it's starting to get to that point where people start focusing in on football, and I know that's part of the reason why I'm so low is I think these guys are just waiting for the stuff that they really like. But that's okay. We're going to still try to get you through and get you get you some winners because that's what we're trying to do and uh, help you learn a little bit along the way. That's the that's the never-ending story of sports betting. You're never going to learn everything, and uh, myself included, you just keep learning and learning and learning as the industry changes and changes. And uh, you try to find edges all you can and uh, take, take the uh, data and the analysis that you can Put on a particular uh, market and uh, and then try to try to take a swing. Uh, Pirates back in the win column today. They came back and beat uh, the Indians this afternoon. So uh, great, congratulations to them. Uh, we'll talk about them in a second. Anyway, BLS picks from last week. It was not a good week for us, but we were on the verge of a great week. It's one of those things uh, when we talk about betting outright markets, uh, whether it's futures in any sport, the major sports, or it's NASCAR, golf. Week to week, you can uh, be on the cusp of an incredibly huge score, and then you get nothing at the end, or or a small consolation if you if you bet it smartly. Uh, with the plays that I give out, normally you would just split a unit. So if you're betting a hundred dollars, uh, you'd put fifty on the, or, or you could tier it as well. So you just take the hundred as the unit, and then split it up however you want to do it. Whether it's 70, 30, 60, 40, 50, 50, uh, whether you recommend uh, a a win in the top 10, a win in the top 20. You'll see that commonly if you follow our picks on Better's Last Stand, the the Twitter page and on the Instagram. Um, you'll see that we'll have picks, okay, uh, so-and-so to, to win in the top 20 or so-and-so to win in the top five. So uh, obviously your top 20s, you try to shoot for guys with bigger prices, trying to always give you uh, value on your picks. We don't give out any, hardly any, uh, anything minus two dollars or more, uh, very rarely, very very rarely. Uh, everything is in the in a, uh, one unit to one and a half type unit uh, laying. The if you're laying anything, most of the time I try to get plus money picks. I don't want to. I don't like to give out. Uh, minus money picks because if you work in this every day, you realize how many times those actually lose, and it's a lot. And you you lose a couple of big favorites, and, and you're so behind. Even if you, you catch some good dogs, 
you're you're never going to recover. So we give out value plays here. A lot of the other places, uh, you know, uh, tout services online is just oversaturated with people who are giving picks out. And a lot, and I I understand it from a content perspective, but as far as actually deep diving into things and uh, following the sports and, and giving you valuable plays. I just don't see it. I see a lot of a lot of big favorites given every night. I see the Astros giving out every night, the Dodgers giving out every night, uh, so and so forth. Uh, teams who are in Tampa Bay Rays, just big, big favorites. The Yankees a lot, and and you're just never going to turn profit for anybody if you're giving out picks like that. So uh, we don't do that here. And uh, you know, I'm not saying it makes us any better than anybody else. We have we get our ass kicked just like anybody else. But we're not making you lay giant juice on your picks. So if you're playing with us and we win on the week, um, you know you didn't lay a ton. And and if you lose on the week, you're not laying a ton either. So you're only losing a few units here and there. We were down about 12 units uh, over the weekend, so it wasn't a good weekend. We had a terrible weekend. Uh, but Robert McIntyre. Uh, there's always a but. I guess there really shouldn't be a but because there's really no excuse. But Robert McIntyre is on the 18th hole. He birdies. He has a one-shot lead. And then Rory McIlroy proceeds to birdie 17 and 18 um, because there's no pressure on him. Nobody was watching. It was moved up. Start time wasn't even on TV. So anyway, he birdied the last two holes to beat Robert McIntyre, who we had given out at around 100 to 190 to 105 to 1, anywhere in that range you could have got him. So if we hit Robert McIntyre, then we're up about 80 units on the weekend. So that's how close uh, of a margin that is. And then in NASCAR, um, really close. Joey Logano, 14 to one, great value, finishes second. Just uh, had some bad luck with a couple of cautions falling late. Truex was the best driver though. He should he deserved to win the race. So we're not going to make excuses and say that was a bad beat. It was just um, you get Logano at a really good price for a guy as good as him, and and you almost cash it. And then Novak Djokovic loses in the final. Uh, had the second set won on a, on a on a ball that he he's he gets a uh, a point on literally 99 out of 100 times. Actually, you know what I would probably say 999 out of 1000 times he would never miss that shot and he hit it into the net. I I, I can't explain it. Uh, the wind, I think, played a factor in that, and I think he was uh, at a disadvantage, and I think that they did that on purpose because they don't like him. But anyway, I'm not going to cry for him. He's still the best ever, and uh, Alcaraz played a great match. But uh, Djokovic had him a, a put away that anybody that I know who can stand upright and hold a racket would have would have gotten that point. And, and the best player ever puts it into the net because he was trying to hit it probably too hard. It, and then if he's up, he's up two sets to none. He's no chance he's losing. And then he had its chance in the in the fourth set. He has another similar similar uh, charging the net, and he, and he puts it into the net again. He would have broke Alcaraz, and then he would have controlled the fifth set, and he would have won the match. So, uh, you know, can't can't complain about it. That's the way it happens. When I don't like to give out favorites, but uh, minus one twenty five, the tournament favorite, it was ridiculous. He was far and away the best player. Uh, Alcaraz played a great match though on Sunday, so I can't take anything away from him. But Djokovic had him beat. He executes one of those two shots. Uh, he wins, and even he would say he didn't play his best. But anyway, we're not going to cry for ourselves. We're going to try to bounce back. Sam had some rough times at Indy. Uh, he had Scott Dixon get a top five, so um, you know just treading some water but it wasn't it wasn't our best week so we're we're, we're going to be honest with you we're not going to sit here and tell you we win every week because that's absolutely bold-faced lie and everybody that tells you that they do is lying to you so you should uh explore it a little bit more and, and realize what they actually are giving you 
and don't believe in these uh, high price favorites that they're laying out there for you every night. And then you're laying 280 with the Braves and they get beat. And you, know, you just you, you don't want to do that. That's just not the way you're ever going to get ahead in this game. And uh, getting ahead in this game is almost impossible anyway. So uh, we'll swim upstream together and we'll keep trying to teach and learn together and figure out ways that we can uh, combat this. Uh, Cavs win the Summer League. NBA Summer League is behind us. Not that that was that intriguing to us here from a betting standpoint. Uh, watching numbers there, watching player personnel is really tough to track. Uh, the running backs in the NFL all pissed off about their contracts and, and they're not getting money and they're not getting any respect. And wow, wow, wow. So I found it interesting before I came in here today, A.J. Highsmith of the Steelers just got a really lucrative deal. And uh, everybody knows he's not even the best pass rusher on his own team. So what that's is saying to me is it it just reinforces why these running backs aren't getting the money that they think they deserve because they're replaceable easily pass rushing and quarterback play is what's winning games right now getting off the field on third down that's where the Steelers have Watt and Highsmith now so they're investing a lot of money into their edge rushers and they know how key that is. It's a passing game. That that tells you right there running backs are useless. Defensive tackles aren't getting that kind of a, a kind of that kind of money unless they can rush the passer a little bit too or or basically control the interior, you know, taking on double teams like Vince Wolfwork or Aaron Donald. Uh, but Aaron Donald could rush the passer as well. So you're you're seeing the shift. It's pass rushers, it's receivers, and it's quarterbacks. Not even that the receivers are overpaid, but some of them are. Uh, but that that's it's telling you it's a passing league. So the running backs have no leg to stand on here. I don't feel sorry for them. And I saw a, a very uh, misleading and disingenuous thing on I think it was on Twitter yesterday that the average kicker salary is more than the average running back salary. Well, what they don't take into effect is is there's uh, probably four times the amount of running backs in the NFL than there is kickers. Every team has one kicker. You may have a time where you have two, and that would be maybe more than, no more than two teams. So you got 32, 30 kickers tops in this league. Running backs, you have at least four on every team, plus guys on the practice squad, which count against that average number. So it's if you're dividing the pie by five or four, it's obviously going to come out to less than if you're dividing about one. So, yeah, um, running backs are not underpaid compared to kickers. They're not getting paid less than kickers. That's just misleading. Some of the guys who are on entry-level contracts, rookie contracts, uh, practice squad contracts, they drag the average down. So, again, a disingenuous uh, tweet to try to make it look like these running backs are, are guys that you would feel sorry for. Um, franchise tag, you still get paid a ton of money under the franchise tag. So, again, you can't feel sorry for these people. And when's the last time a running back dominated in a Super Bowl? Terrell Davis, maybe? Uh, Jamal Lewis? I mean, it, it's it's been a long time. Guys who, guys who run the ball in the Super Bowl uh, lately have been value-type running backs, guys who can catch the ball, guys who can block. Uh, you know, last year Pacheco, Jarek McKinnon, and uh, you just you go back to the the Rams did it by committee uh, after they got rid of Todd Gurley and, uh, and and so forth. The 49ers have always been by committee. The Buccaneers didn't have one go to back. I mean, Fournette kind of took the majority of the carries, but it was Tom Brady and the receivers that won that game. It was Matt Stafford who won the game for the Rams. It was Patrick Mahomes in the two Super Bowls that he had, although I will make a case Damian Williams could have been the MVP for the first one that he got. I had him, so I'm a little bit partial to that, but again, Damian Williams is a dime a dozen. I mean, he's, he's he played well in the game, but you, 
week in week out running backs just aren't winning games in, in this league and they're not they're, they got to be there in the playoffs you got to u- utilize the running game but you can do it by committee the eagles showed to me committee two three backs that's what you want now you don't want one guy you get one guy you're you're sinking money into one guy it's a mistake and i don't care how good barkley is he hadn't won anything uh, and, and any of these guys that are that are bitching about that, they should just get over it. Uh, shifting over to hockey, as uh, one more thing, NFL training camp starts next week. We'll have uh, the Hall of Fame game in a couple of weeks. So right around the corner, football is uh, like it or not. Uh, hockey also getting kind of close to coming back. It'll be back in October. Their training camp will be starting up in uh, late August and September. So get ready for that. Penguins still trying to figure out a way to get Eric Carlson, which would be a nice upgrade to their power play and their offensive uh, firepower. So that's kind of the, the trade they're kind of waiting on. It looks like they've improved their depth a little bit. We'll talk more about hockey. Uh, hopefully get Chris and some other people that want to talk about that as we get a little bit closer. And uh, we'll try to give out some some future picks, some things that you maybe be looking at before, uh, before everybody starts to pay attention to hockey. That's when you can kind of get a little bit of value. Uh, baseball. Last night in baseball, last night was Tuesday night, so you're listening to this uh, on Friday morning probably, and uh, Tuesday evening in baseball, we saw 12 teams score 10-plus runs. It's only a, it's the second most ever scored in a day in MLB history. Uh, the last time that happened, uh, there was 13 teams that scored 10-plus runs, and that was way back in 1884, so that's been quite a long time. Uh, quite remarkable last night. Every game is just my God. If you had unders last night, you had to be just you were done fast. But uh, a, a lot, a lot of runs, a lot of terrible bullpens, and uh, MLB is uh, starting to take shape now. You're starting to see who the pretenders are, who the frauds are, and who the teams are who aren't going to lose more than two in a row. And then they got stoppers, and they figure out ways. The Orioles, one of those, they just lost twice to the Dodgers, and they just beat them today. Um, so you got you, those are two really good teams. So uh, the Orioles still need pitching. They they're just not going to win in the playoffs with the pitching that they have. Their starting pitching is just uh, horrible. Uh, it, it they've gotten a lot out of it. It's just not very good. But um, baseball is starting. It's starting to show its sign. You, show, you got teams like the Pirates. You got teams. Uh, you know the Diamondbacks, the Rangers. A little 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 bit of chinks in the armor for those teams. So. You got to start keeping an eye on, and you could get some really good value here that I'm going to talk about here in a second. Wilmer Flores of the Giants uh, was the first Giant to get eight plus total bases in back to back games since Barry Bonds. So, um, and he did that in a doubleheader yesterday against the uh, Reds, who have not been playing very well since the All Star break as they lose again to the Giants. Uh, the Angels said so they will not trade Shohei Otani to the Dodgers. Makes sense. Don't want to trade him across town. That'd be a terrible look. Uh, but that doesn't mean the Dodgers can't sign him in the offseason if the Angels end up keeping him or he gets traded and a team can't work on an extension, which I would be shocked if he they didn't get him to agree to first. So, I mean, a team would have to be really, really desperate and think they're going all in to win the World Series this year. They don't care if he leaves. Um, I don't know which team that would be, but I'm sure there would be one or two out there. Pirates and Yankees, both in the last place. I can't tell you how bad both these teams are. Now, I can't really fault the Pirates because their payroll's so low, but their 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 organization is terrible. Compared to the Yankees, though, high payroll, third highest in MLB, and uh, they're a joke. They stink. Their lineup is awful. They don't have Aaron Judge. They cannot win games. Their starting pitching is very average at best. Garrett Cole is a number two or three at best, 
and their bullpen is just so-so. They've they're got some guys in different roles that I don't understand, and I think their manager's bad. I think Aaron Boone's an awful manager. I think Brian Cashman is a terrible general manager, and this has been a franchise that hasn't won a World Series since 09, I believe, so um, enough is enough. Steinbrenner's got to be rolling over in his coffin, and uh, the Yankees are going nowhere. I don't care what they get. Short of getting Otani, they go nowhere this year. There's nobody that's putting the Yankees over the top. They just aren't good enough all around to be able to win. So uh, I have no faith in the Yankees. Uh, I, I won't be. I'll be fading them immensely. Uh, just talking a couple of teams that I, I'm against and in, in, in on right here. I, I think the Marlins are done. I think they're a team who is has relied on pitching and defense and yeah they do everything the right way and 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 they play they play a good brand of baseball but they don't have a good enough lineup their their ace Alcantara has not been an ace and they're just they just don't have uh, the depth in the team in their back end of their bullpen to me is 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 very iffy so I'm against the Marlins I think them to miss the playoffs right now at plus 120 is a good bet I think they're going to start to take on water, and you're going to see that the Phillies will be the clear-cut second-best team in the NL East. I also think the Twins are a complete fraud. Uh, they just don't have a good enough lineup, and their bullpen is not very good. They're starting pitchings up and down. It's been okay. Um, they've actually got some decent performances out of some guys, which has been shocking. But I don't see that sustaining. So I will play the Twins to miss the playoffs at plus 220. And the Yankees to miss the playoff is at minus one twenty-five, and I think that is just ludicrous. It should be more like minus two dollars, probably, uh, that they'll miss the playoffs. But uh, who am I to say you got? You're always going to get Yankee better, so you got to kind of hedge against that uh, team that I thought is starting to come alive. And rumor has it they're going to be heavily involved in the trade market, and they have a lot of room under salary cap, which they really don't have a salary cap in baseball, but in their own mind, their own salary budgetary restrictions for the year, they've saved a lot of money. So uh, although you may hear me say salary cap, there is no cap. They can spend as much as they want. But the Red Sox are the team I'm talking about. They have not spent a lot of money in the last couple of years, and I think they're kind of had their eye on Otani the whole time. I think they're going to be intriguing players here at the deadline, uh, they're a dark horse to get him now, and uh, if not, they may try to get him in the offseason. I think they're very much in play. Uh, they have uh, Yoshida, who's a friend of Otani's, already on the team, playing very well. Uh, Red Sox plus 215 to make the playoffs right now. I highly recommend that bet. I think it's a, I think it's a strong bet. I, I can see four teams making it in from the AL East, and, and if not three, and, and you'd be surprised, uh, maybe you won't be if you listen to the show, uh, it would not surprise me if Tampa Bay falls apart and doesn't make the playoffs, and the Red Sox, Orioles, and Blue Jays are the teams. But I still think uh, those teams are good enough to get four in, and I'll be recommending to play on the Red Sox based on the fact that they are going to be heavily involved in the trade market. I think they'll try to add a starting pitcher. I think they'll try to add Otani. That may that may uh, substitute as, as two for one there as you get a pitcher and a hitter. I think they're going to be in. I do. And uh, they they got money to spend, and they're ready to go, and, and they're not going to just spend it on anybody. And, you know, they took a lot of heat from, my, from myself and, and plenty of other people that follow the team closely. They didn't go in on anybody this year, and you were wondering why, and I think this is why. So we'll see. It might not pay off, but it might. Um, and then staying in the, in the AL East, I think the Toronto Blue Jays are a contender to win this division. They're only five out right now. They're playing good baseball right now, and they, too, are going to be involved at the trade deadline. I think they'll try to add another arm and then maybe a little bit more depth, maybe a couple more uh, 
guys that bodies, maybe some help on defense as well in the infield, uh, which could be helpful. But uh, Blue Jays are live right now. They're seven to one to win the AL East, and uh, they have better pitching than the Orioles. So that's not back end bullpen pitching, but starting pitching, and that's what you need uh, in, a, in a stretch run. You gotta have. You can't be playing from behind and in games that are nip and tuck. They're just teams are, are too focused. They're not going to surrender leads. Like you're going to get their best relievers and whenever they need them. They're not letting guys go too deep into games. So. The Blue Jays, to me, are a uh, serious contender to win that division. I, I see the Rays leaking leaking oil badly right now. I, I, do, I do not think they'll win the division. I think either Baltimore or Toronto will win that division. Uh, so the Orioles right now are around 3-1 uh, to one to win it, and the Blue Jays is 7-1. to one. I recommend the Blue Jays. They're a little bit deeper uh, rotation than the Orioles. Actually, a lot deeper. So I'll, I'll be recommending them. And then if you fade to Twins like I'm going to do, I think the Guardians, who had a little momentum until they blew the game today against the Pirates, plus 265 to win the AL Central. I still think they're the, the best run franchise in that division. And they're not that talented and they're not that good on offense. And their bullpen is surprisingly bad. But um, I think the Guardians maybe, if they don't sell off, they could sell off at the deadline, though. So some some talks. But they're in contention to win the division and get in the playoffs. And then I think uh, shifting over to the AL West, the Houston Astros is still about plus 130, 140 to win that division. I don't know if the Rangers can hold off the Astros. I think the Astros, once they get healthy, the Astros are just a team who they're professionals. They're, they know what they're in for. They know how to, to perform in the stretch run. They're going to add some. I think they're going to be looking for an ace. They're going to add an arm or two and maybe another bat. And if they do that, they're going to win that division uh, just because on pedigree. They're just they're well-managed, and they have guys that have been there, and they know how to get it done. So I think the Astros are dangerous at plus money right now. Texas is a really good team. they got a lot of talent. I think Texas will be a serious contender for the World Series next year, but um, they got to add a couple more pieces, and they've been trying to get bullpen help. I uh, got a role as Chapman, trying to get David Bednar, um, trying to get Andrew McCutcheon. Not that that's helping the bullpen, but uh, you see what I'm talking about. They're they're in they're in on guys, so we'll see what Texas can do. But I think the Astros are, are decent value, and then San Francisco Giants to uh, to make the playoffs, even to win the division, I think are, are worth a look. I mean, they're they're about four to one to win the division. They just play ball the right way. Uh, if they could add, they they got money to spend too. They 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 swung and missed on a lot of guys, Correa and Judge. And they got money to spend, so they're looking to put them involved in the Otani sweepstakes as well. They could they could be right there as well. And if the Giants get him, they're an absolute contender to uh, to win the National League pennant. So I'll be taking a shot at with the Giants as well, monitoring them over the next couple of weeks. I think they're they're a playoff team if they add a piece or two at the deadline. Um, that's that's how I'm thinking about MLB at this point. Uh, we're going to take a break here on BLS, and then we're going to get back to talking about. Uh, Golf and some other things, uh, CFL, Big Three Basketball, the TBTs here in town in Wheeling next week. So we have plenty of action uh, shaping up over the coming weeks as we count it down to football season. It's Better's Last Stand, Matt with Sam to follow. We'll be right back after this and uh, got a long way to go. So stick with us. Reminder, Better's Last Stand is for informational and entertainment purposes only. All wagering activities should only be conducted by those 21 years of age or older and within the confines of federal, state, and local law. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, contact 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. You're watching Better's Last Stand. All right, welcome back in. Better's Last Stand. Matt here with you, flying solo, Um, as I said. Coach, 
Chris at Bocce. Luke and Cooley tied up with other activities. So, had a rough day at the officer work site, have you? Maybe your relationship's on the rocks. Don't be afraid to drown your sorrows with a few pine room loggers. Just be sure to call our friends at IC Cab to arrange your lift home. After a long night out at the bar, you need a reliable source of transportation to make it back home alive and safe. Call IC Cab, 304-232-1313 or visit iccab.com today. Proud sponsor of the Pine Room Studios, Better's Last Stand, Soup and Stuff, the Pine Room Radio Show on The Watchdog. We really appreciate everything that our friends at IC Cab have done. So be sure and arrange your transportation for the Italian Festival next week and all the other festivals that are coming up, Grecian Festival, all kinds of stuff happening here in Wheeling over the the next few weeks as the summer winds down, um, and it's pretty hot out there. So let's uh, let's jump into, uh, real quick, I'm going to recap World Cup. We, I gave those out last week, so if you're just hopping in now and you didn't catch last week's show, I went through the World Cup and broke those down, Women's World Cup, that is. It starts up tomorrow, middle of the night, uh, basically, uh, you know, late tonight, early tomorrow. It's in Australia, New Zealand. So check it out. It's on over the Fox networks. Um, it, it's it's going to be uh, a good tournament, I think. Uh, USA heavily favored, but... Uh, it doesn't mean we can't find some value in there. In uh, they're they're vulnerable. So just really quick, a uh, few things you can find these on the Twitter, and I'll add to them as uh, the match by matches go. Uh, I got Germany to win the World Cup at eight to one. So uh, that one's on there. Um, you can look for a better price. Hunt around. Remember, always check other books. If you got accounts in ten books in West Virginia, find the best one. Ohio, same thing. You got a zillion of them over there now. Pennsylvania as well. Got lots of options. Find the best price there. Germany eight to one. You can probably find them. Uh, 10 to 1, they could also be as low as 7 some places. So um, a group parlay. Now, I said I don't give you out a lot of a lot of big prices, but in this case, I'm going to pair together a few, and I don't recommend doing parlays very often. Uh, but today, we're going to give out, actually, we gave this out last week, uh, Norway, Australia, Spain, the United States, Sweden, and Germany, all to win their groups. And that's going to get you about a plus 250 parlay, plus 250 to plus 270 range, depending on the book you're at. Um Put them together, see what you can do. If you like another team, substitute one of them out for a little bit better price, so a dog or uh, you know, a second-choice type team. Give that a shot, plus 250. Germany to reach the semis at plus 130 is one of my bets. Australia to reach the semis at plus 160. Germany to reach the final, plus 320. Denmark to qualify for the round of 16, minus 120, but there's been juice on this. It's been going up. Uh, it might be around 150, but I recommend it around 150. If you keep it less than 150, I think it's a fair bet still. Uh, Denmark will be a team that I'll be getting involved with as far as their matches go. I think they're an up-and-coming squad. Uh, exact final. We can get some really good returns here. So throw a few dollars on this one if you like it. Exact final. Germany over Spain at 30-1. to 1, And then exact final. Germany over the United States at 22-1. to 1. Now, if you don't want to pick a winner in that, you can uh, reduce the odds down a little bit and pick Germany versus the USA in the final. Doesn't matter who wins in Germany versus Spain in the final. I, I think Germany's going to gonna be uh, ready to go. They, they've they kind of got caught napping towards the end of their uh, qualifying, but they didn't have anything to play for, so I don't I don't really and they were trying some other things, experimenting with some stuff. So I, I think they're uh they're primed to make a move here. They they actually were in the, the um Euro final last year. It was a COVID year, so it got all screwed up. But the last Euro final they lost to England. It was on England soil of course it was basically rigged for England to win. Uh Germany's best player got hurt in warm-ups uh or pulled something in warm-ups so they didn't even have their best player i think they're gonna have a lot to prove here um golden boot picks if you can find these i know DraftKings has them uh unibet has them 
Uh, Brett Rivers had him. Uh, Golden Boot, which means the top scorer in the tournament. I think Sam Kerr for Australia is a really good look. She's a very, very good player, very dynamic uh, up front, can do a little bit of everything. She's 8-1. to one. Alexandra Pop from Germany, that was the girl I was just talking about. She got hurt in warm-ups. She'll have a lot to prove. She's 9-1 to one to lead the uh, tournament in scoring. And Rachel Daly of England. She's kind of getting the favoritism as the top striker uh, for England right now, which which is you know a very coveted role. But if you don't produce, you're out of there quick. So let's hope. She's in a pretty easy group, and Alexander Pop's in a very easy group. I think they could r- just rack up some goals early in the tournament, hopefully get their confidence going, and um, they can uh, go deep with their teams and score a lot of goals along the way. United States, I just don't recommend betting any of those girls. Uh, Sophie Smith and... and uh, Alex Morgan, I, I just they're too low. Their price, they're 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 set up because they're United States and that uh, people are going to bet them. So the prices are very low. So I don't recommend those. Uh, but enjoy the tournament. I think it's going to be really really good. Uh, again, I'm picking Germany to win it. But you can see all my picks uh, for the matches on matches and the futures on our uh, Twitter page and Instagram as well. Um, for Friday, you'll miss the Fridays. But if you want to see Saturday's matches, I like the Japan-Zambia game under, Haiti-England over, Denmark women, and then Sunday I'll be playing Portugal-Netherlands under and Sweden in some capacity. They're going to be a huge favorite, so i got to figure out if I'm going to lay goals or what I'm going to do there. So anyway, check out the Twitter, BLS underscore PRP for those, and the Instagram I gave out the futures last week, so you're all set to go. But remember, you can bet a lot of these as the tournament goes on, so you're only getting one or two groups playing a day, so um, the futures will get updated regularly, and you'll be able to get it on them, so don't get scared off if it's too late to the party, and it starts already. Um, some of these teams don't play. Uh, so, for instance, I think uh, Germany and a couple of these other teams don't play until next Monday. So you got you got time to get in on them. They'll, hopefully, the book, if the book's good, they'll have them updated uh, pretty much daily. So, And with them being overnight, they should be by mid-afternoon, lunchtime, our time, Eastern time, or even any of the time zones here in the United States, you should be able to get in on uh, updated group winners, qualification, uh, futures, and... Uh, outrights to win it or to make the finals or ha- what have you, make it to the final eight, however you want to do it. Uh, CFL last week, uh, four and under the over at CFL. Lots of scoring going on. Favorites were two and two, so favorites of dogs split out. Um, a game Thursday, Edmonton at, at Winnipeg. Winnipeg hasn't been playing very well, but that would be an under bet for me. I'll put that one on Twitter, but you already miss it. And then Friday night, if you're listening to this tonight, when you uh, watch your CFL, Toronto and Hamilton, that's uh, Friday evening at 7.30. Total 49.5 will be going over in that one, um, Toronto is tempting. They're six and two ATS against uh, losing opponents in their last eight. So I'm a little tempted there. Uh, Hamilton just two and eight against the spread uh, versus Eastern Division opponents. So going to go over forty nine and a half there. Saturday's game, BC hosts Saskatchewan seven o'clock. CBS Sports Network. BC laying nine right now. Tempted to lay it with BC, but I'm not going to let it get any higher than nine. If it goes to ten, I'll probably pass. Um, Saskatchewan's been bad off the bye, just two and five ATS in their last seven off the bye. So hopefully BC can catch them going, uh, catch them in a, in a bad spot coming off of the bye. Um, but I don't love laying much more than nine there. So I'm very passive on that. I don't love that play. Sunday, Calgary hosts Ottawa, seven o'clock, CBS Sports Network. Calgary minus five and a half, total 44. Um, be taking the Stampeders here, minus the five, I think. I'm leaning, but I really like the under here. I think it's a good play. Ottawa coming off a nice win last week. 
I don't see that continuing. They beat Winnipeg. I think that's one of those ones where they're you know smelling themselves a little bit, and they come out sleepwalking here in this game. And uh, Calgary beat Saskatchewan 33-31. I think both teams will play a little bit better on defense. So uh, those are my CFL plays. Again, will be posted on the Twitter, BLS underscore PRP. At the Pine Room Studios on Twitter, the uh, main account of the studio uh, studio network, and then the Instagram page as well. So that is also at the Pine Room Studios. All right, the Open Championship. I'll be giving these plays out uh, on Twitter, um, as I just mentioned, BLS underscore PRP. You can see them, and again, it's just like in the, in the soccer. If you didn't get them and you didn't hear the show, I know it's tough. We tape on a Wednesday. We don't put this out till. Uh, Friday, this this is going off in the middle of the night, uh, you know, Thursday. So you, there's a lot to navigate here. But golf, you're able to get in on markets like unlike you used to be able to. You can get in on players after the tournament starts. So plenty of time to uh, to recoup anything that you would lose. And again, I, I can't emphasize this enough. If your players who you like or if you want to go with any of the recommendations that I have, um, if you see a guy who gets off to a poor start, uh, you know they can score pretty well at these tournaments. This is a scores tournament that the Open Championship normally is, and unless the weather conditions are, are really bad, these greens will be fast. There, these guys will be uh, rolling in putts from ninety feet. I mean, there there's some scoring to be done out here. It always seems to be that way, but uh, this course has been adjusted a little bit since Rory McIlroy won it. Uh, this is at Royal Liverpool Golf Club. It's in Hoy Lake. Uh, out on the coast, uh, Liverpool, uh, just you know, to the west a little bit. It's a Lynx golf course, obviously, right along the sea there, basically on the Atlantic Ocean, and uh, it'll be, uh, it's going to be um, a quite an event. Uh, I think there'll be some guys that can score. Uh, Top tier guys that I really like. Uh, I like Victor Hovland. I like Cameron Smith, who's the defending champion. Victor Hovland around twenty-two to one. Cam Smith probably around the seventeen range. You got to shop around though. You can find these guys at better. Better uh, places. I see him as high as 18, actually. So uh, that's pretty decent. Uh, John Rahm. I don't usually recommend John Rahm a whole lot, but uh, he didn't play very well in the U.S. Open. I think uh, he'll be focused uh, on bouncing back. He's a European. This tournament means a lot to him. And uh, he's one of the best golfers in the world. And I think when you're getting Rory McIlroy and Scotty Scheffler at less than 7-1, to one, and you got Rahm all the way up at 12, to me... Rom's the best player of those three guys. Playing his best, he's better than Rory and Scheffler. I don't understand, again, the, the fascination with Rory McIlroy. Yeah, he won the Scottish Open last week. whoop uh, That's just a tune-up. No one's watching. Nobody cares. Um, Rory's a loser. He's not He's not going to win this tournament. I, I'd be shocked if he did. I, I'd, his game's been a little bit better lately, but he's still he's a classic choker. If he gets out to a good start, he'll choke. If he's way off the lead, and he'll shoot nine under on Sunday and, and, and finish in the top five, and everybody will say, oh, Rory was incredible. Uh, maybe one round a weekend he is. Uh, I'll be passing on him, passing on Scheffler. Uh, as I mentioned, Rom, Smith, and Hovland are my top plays. Hovland, I guess I would pick as my top play, uh, around 22 to 25. The one... Um, Really, really, really like. I wouldn't put him in the top tier anymore, but I really like Bryson DeChambeau. I don't like him as a guy. I think he's an absolute idiot, but he's around 60 to 1 right now, and I think that's way, way, way too high. Um, a few years ago, he'd have been less than 20 to 1, but people get on Live Tour. Uh, he's not well liked, and he's uh, not bet very much. So I think you're getting a ton of value on him at 60 to 1. Top 20 for him, 2 to 1. It's a great bet. 
Um, second tier type guys, Justin Rose, 45 to 1, up to 60 to 1 in some places. Top 20 for him is around 2 to 1 as well. And then Robert McIntyre, who just missed last week. He's actually probably like a third tier guy, a long bomber. You can find him anywhere between 70 and 85 to 1. Um, I take a look at him at top 20. I mean, he's a Scotsman. He's very familiar with Lynx golfing, and he can play. Um, he, he's going to be in, in contention. Uh, Brooks Kepka. I would have had him in my top tiers, and I'll probably be recommending a play on him, but it worries me a little bit because he's playing with uh, Patrick Cantley and Scotty Shuffler, two of the slower players uh, on the tour, and it seems to have bothered Kepka in the past. He's been very good in this tournament, and if he plays his A game and doesn't get bothered uh, at 18-1, to 1, he's probably going to be a steal because he's going to be in contention, and this is the kind of course that Kepka can shoot probably 18-19 under par. Uh, when all is said and done on the weekend, I like Patrick Cantley a little bit. He's worth a look at twenty to one. Shane Lowry, he's won this tournament before. Uh, he's a European. He's an Irishman, thirty-five to one. I think uh, top twenty on him around one forty, one sixty. Great win player. If you're looking for win players, Shane Lowry, great win player. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood, I just don't love his price, but I think he's a contender this week. Tony Finau, fifty to one, and Colin Morikawa. These are some guys who play really well in the wind. And, and a long, longer shot guy, uh, good win player is uh, Adam Scott. Terrell Hatton, another guy could be in contention, but 25 to 1, a little low for a guy with the combustible personality that he has. Uh, so I'll probably be passing. But if you're looking for guys who can play well in the wind, these are your guys. Rom, Kepka, Shoffley, Fleetwood, Cantley, Spieth, Morikawa, Dustin Johnson, Shane Lowry, Matt Fitzpatrick, Tony Finau, Max Homa, Justin Thomas, Robert McIntyre, Adam Scott, Jason Day, Louis Oosthuizen, some of your better wind players. So Keep that in mind on days where it's uh, where it's pretty windy over there. If you want to get in on a, on a round score, these guys know how to do things with the ball that uh, most mortals could not do. A um, couple of longer shot guys. I thought Dustin Johnson, thirty to one, top twenty for him, plus one fifty. He's, he's too talented to be keep getting a price like that. But there's so many good golfers, which makes golf interesting. Uh, but real, real long bomb guys that I think are worth a shot. Throw $5 on them if you want to. Uh, Abraham Answer, 350 to 1. He's uh, and Actually, you can find him in uh, the range of 300 to 400 to 1. He was top 10, top 11 last year. I think he was tied for 11th last year. Been playing pretty well in the live tours. His game's picked up a little bit. Uh, he's worth a look. Joaquin Neiman, also a live golfer. He was around 100 to 1. Uh, definitely worth a peek. Thomas Dietrich recommended him last week. Played pretty well. Had a top 25. He's 200 to 1. Uh, top 20, he's around 6 to 1. Gary Woodland, uh, U.S. Open champion, 125 to 1. Three, plus 350 to make the top 20. And then Ewan Ferguson is a young guy. 350 to 1. Uh, top 20 is 7 to 1 for Ferguson. I think those are a couple of bombers. I mean, even a guy like Brandon Grace, who's played well here before, shot, I think, the lowest round in open history on a Sunday one time. He didn't end up winning, but uh, put himself in the top five that day. He, I don't think he was 9 or 10 or 11 under par. It was an incredible round. He's 200 to 1, worth a shot. Uh, Matt Wallace always plays well over here. European, 350 to 1. Top 20 for him is 9 to 1. That's incredible. And then Louis Hugh stays in. You recognize his name. He's up on the leaderboard a lot during the majors. At least he was a few years ago. His back's been acting up on him. I think he's starting to get a little healthy now. He's 120 to 1. Might be worth a peek uh, for Louie. You can't really ever count him out. And then Minwoo Lee. Uh, he's not really a long shot, but he's a guy that's played well over here in Europe before. He's 70 to 1 to win the tournament. So I think he's worth a look. I know that's a lot of, a lot of guys, and you say, like, geez, you picked half the, half the tournament. Well, I'd say my suggestion is to... Um, if you think that's too many guys, it probably is. Wait around a little bit. 
see what guys uh, present you with uh, opportunities for the weekend. And uh, if you like a guy, and you know, I like them too, then maybe you say, okay, we're thinking the same. Maybe we can uh, cash in on that, and, and we can both be right on that. But uh, lots of golf to be played here, four days of, of action-packed golf starting uh, in the middle of the night our time. So hopefully you enjoy it. I uh, wish I had picks from Coach here, but uh, he's over at Bocce. Uh, I'll have these posted on the Twitter page, and uh, there will be some – some value out there. Uh, Taylor Gooch was another guy, too. I didn't mention him, but he's he's been playing pretty well on a live tour and has played well here in the past. So maybe uh, maybe a shot with Taylor Gooch around 70 to 1. So you get you take your pick. If you like a guy this week, you, there's a good chance you, uh, you'll get good value on him. So best of luck at the Open. I uh, always enjoy getting up and watching the Open. So hopefully it's uh, fun to watch. I'm sure it'll be some, some weather, which always makes it actually a little bit more fun, if you ask me. Shifting over to Big 3 Basketball. Um, they go to Miami this week. It's week five. I still haven't got a very good uh, hold on this. Uh, last week, I think we were two and two in our bets. It wasn't pretty though. Uh, favorites were three and three. Unders were four and two. The killers, the ghost ballers, the power, and the triplets are all three and one right now. We didn't have any um, odds up on these games yet. Again, I think the odds makers are really struggling with finding out um, power ratings for these teams. So as I took a look today, it was it was tough. There was about three games that I thought I could make a decent number on than the other ones. I, I don't, I'd, I'd really have to, to stretch or guess and I uh, won't be doing that because I don't really have to yet. We'll just wait and see. Uh, we don't have to put these up for a little bit and uh, they play, I believe they're playing on Sunday this week. They were Saturday last week. They'll be at uh, Miami this week on Sunday. So check out our Twitter, BLS underscore PRP and at the Pine Room Studios. And I'll put my picks up for the week, but I'm not really sure you want to follow them because they haven't been very pretty, but we'll keep slugging it out. Playoffs will be in a few weeks, and I still think the product is pretty good. Uh, TBT Basketball shifting over to uh, the local flair right now. we got TBT Basketball obviously starting up today we had a game at two and there's one uh, going on right now and then there's several games on espn plus tonight the west virginia regional doesn't start until next week i believe it's tuesday best virginia is 12 to 1 to win the entire tournament so they're the fifth choice right now behind blue collar you at nine to one red scare at 10 to one program for autism at 10 to one and the aftershocks at 10 to one i believe blue collar U is the defending champion so interesting there uh Best Virginia getting some respect, twelve to one, to uh, to win it all. They're plus one twenty five, the favorite in the West Virginia Regional, and they will be uh, taking on teams like Sideline Cancer at plus two twenty five in the West Virginia Regional. Heard that plus five fifty Challenge ALS at uh, plus five fifty Dogtown at eleven to one Zoo Crew, I believe that's the Pit team, fourteen to one Ram Nation thirty to one. And Dubois Dream or Dubois Dream, I don't know how they're saying that. That's fifty to one. So, um, Best Virginia sideline cancer heard that challenge. ALS seem to be your top contenders in the West Virginia region. Be sure and check it out over at West Bank Arena. We will have lines on that over at the Wheeling Island Casino Sportsbook, and you can find them in most of the books uh, across the state and across the state of Ohio as well. So, uh, TBT, the million dollar TBT in town, Italian festival next week. So stop on down, check out the game. We had Chase Harler on our shows a couple of times. He's a friend of the podcast. 
and uh, he'll be, I'm sure we'll get him on here before the tournament and probably have a couple other guests. And we're going to actually have an Italian festival show down in a week from Friday from the Italian festival. So be sure and stop by, say hi, and we'll probably have a guest from the TBT as that will be the night before the finals on Saturday. That's next Saturday. The TBT comes to Wheeling in West Banker Arena. And again, Best Virginia 12-1 to 1 to win it all. So if you want to get down on that, support the local team, uh, go ahead. But one piece of advice when you're betting the TBT, you got to watch these line moves. So if you see them in the morning and you start seeing a line move hard towards one team or even a total, which would be really tough uh, with the way they do the scoring, um, jump on the team when the line's moving in their favor. Uh, that's usually a good sign. And then be leery. I know everybody around here is going to be rooting for uh, best Virginia, but you may get inflated numbers on some of the other teams. So they may be worth a look, uh, but I would wait till the end because you're going to get that best Virginia money all the way up till tip-off and uh, maybe get in on the underdog late and get a price because you get Best Virginia to win the game and you get the other team to cover, and it's the best of both worlds. So uh, that's just a little tip when you're doing the TBT. Uh, Shifting over to a couple of things, we're talking about bad beats. If you had, real quick, I don't want to go on a long rant about this, but the term bad beat is getting overused now in the media, uh, on social media especially. All these influencers... Um, lots of young people that are getting into the sports betting thing don't really know what a bad beat truly is. Uh, a bad beat is not you lose one leg of your nine-leg same-game parlay because some guy didn't hit a home run. That is not a bad beat. Home runs are hard to hit. Paul O'Neill and Seinfeld will tell you. You can't expect the guys to hit home runs. Those those are dice rolls like that is playing a slot machine that's not a bad beat a bad beat is a guy throws in a a 65 footer with a baseball throw the end of a basketball game to cover or put it over or whatever that's a bad beat or uh with our friend nick had his terrible bad beat of the warriors blowing a seven point lead with 30 seconds that's a bad beat but eight nine seven leg parlays where you're counting on a guy to do something very difficult. And even those statistical ones, guys scoring over so many points, guys getting so many assists, those are not really bad beats. The only types of bad beats in player props, as far as I'm concerned, when when you're looking at a parlay or or something like that, is in the NFL, if you have a guy that that eclipsed the yards he needed to get to and then he loses yards and he gets under it or certain things like that, uh, possibly. But uh, bad beats are reserved for the worst of the worst. And we're overusing the term. Uh, you could say Robert McIntyre was kind of a bad beat, but it was 100, 110 to 1, 105 to 1. Rory McIlroy hunting him down. I mean, yeah, it sucked. You, you, it, was, it wasn't a bad beat. I wouldn't call that a bad beat. I mean, it was an unfortunate beat, and I wouldn't completely say it wasn't bad, but it's not something that you're going to be up at night thinking about because you probably didn't expect that ticket to cash anyway. Um Semi-bad beat. Baseball, you can find a bad beat every single night. A true bad beat. Indians uh, Indians and Pirates under 9.5 on Monday night. The Pirates don't score, but the Indians score 11 times. So, you know, I wouldn't even call that a bad beat, but it's that's an unfortunate one. It's a tough one to swallow. And then last night, same thing. It totals 9, uh, and the Indians score 10 themselves, and they get the final was 10-1. to 1. So, uh, those are semi-bad beats. I wouldn't even classify any of those as really bad beats this week. But quit using the term bad beat. I hear so many times a day, oh, I had a terrible beat, I had a terrible beat. We use that too much. It's just like uh, with people in the news media that they overuse the terms uh, psychopath and uh, 
just, uh, I don't know, whatever other ones that you want to insert when they try to describe Donald Trump or vilify any other politicians. They just overuse the word. Um, it, it's, it's, it's just not, it's not uh, a genuine description of what, what a bad beat really is. So be aware of that. Educate yourself. Understand what bad beats are. Um, I, I just find it hard to, to put a guy not hitting a home run or guy not getting to his K total, a pitcher, as a bad beat. I, I, I just... I mean, the only way it would be a bad beat is if I, – I don't even know. I don't know how – or if a guy hits a I, – I don't know how you could even turn that into a bad beat. I'm sure something in baseball could, but um, just be aware. Uh, they're not always bad beats. Uh, a few things. Industry news. Uh, we, we fell short at Wimbledon. Djokovic uh, fell in the final first time since 2017. He, uh, like I mentioned earlier in the show, um, he just he just made a couple of mistakes in wrong times, and uh, he would have easily won that match and probably would have won in three sets forward the most – but first lost at Wimbledon since 2017, so we were on the wrong end of that. Um, Marketa Vondrasova wins the women's side. I got on her the last two matches, so I uh, didn't have her to 150 to one that she was pre-tournament. So that would have been a nice one to have. The Pirates won 11 and four in first five innings uh, bets. So if you're betting first five, 111 and four ATS the last 16. Actually, it's really not ATS because it's just money line in baseball. Because I doubt they were run lines factored in on that. And I think the Pirates today, I think they were losing after five, and then they ended up coming back and winning. Anyway, I could be wrong about that because I wasn't paying that much attention to the game. The NCAA found 175 sports betting violations since 2018. I think that's uh, probably should be about 175,000 if they were really looking. I don't really know what the NCAA is trying to do with sports betting. Uh, they're, they're really kind of flim-flamming around on that and looking like fools like usual. BetMGM reports that the Reds are their largest liability uh, to cross multiple properties to win the World Series. That's expected. We got some liability on the Reds here being kind of a local team. Reds were a big price to start the year. They're playing really well. People were jumping on the bandwagon, and they are doing well. Sticking in Cincinnati, Joe Burrow's now a favorite at some books, probably quite a few in Ohio, around 7-1. to one. He's kind of surpassed Mahomes in certain markets, certain areas of the country. These are very regionally biased uh, type things when you're uh, betting on MVPs and those kinds of things. You know me, I'm not a Burrow guy. I don't think he's nearly as good as he's being portrayed, and... Uh, I would not be making that bet uh, with uh, your money or anybody else's money, champs' money, <laughs> anybody's money. I wouldn't recommend that at all. Uh, if you're going to do MVPs, um, stick to what you know. Mahomes is the best, and then throw a long shot in there. Uh, somebody that's better than seven to one. If you wanted Burrow, I wouldn't recommend less than twenty to one. If you ask me, uh, steam on the Falcons. This is a strange one too. Falcons taking steam books across the country to be over eight and a half wins uh, based on a favorable early season schedule. Now I find this weird in the in what I saw what sports books are saying uh at least bookmakers that I've talked to that the Falcons schedule to begin the season people think they face a lot of rookie or unproven quarterbacks. But my question is the Falcons have either a second year guy or an unproven quarterback. Uh, I don't understand where you're seeing a value here for Atlanta. They they have no they have no stability at quarterback. Their, their skill position players are, are lacking. Um, I don't see this as a good play at all. Um, it's a bad division. I will give you that. But eight and a half. I mean, the nine wins, the Falcons, to me, that seems extreme. I would not recommend that play whatsoever. So uh, keep away from that one and if, if you dare. But if you really like it, I guess jump in. But you can also do the alternate win totals too. So um, tease it down to seven, nine. It's not really called a teaser, but it's the same theory. Um, so maybe you, you change change the bet a little bit, get juice a little bit more, whatever whatever you prefer. Uh, and then the uh, the last thing, um, 
cross sport parlaying starting to get bigger at at books. They're they're starting to let let you do those, um, and they should they should do it. And uh, I'm pushing to get that added to my arsenal over at the track. Uh, you need to be able to do that. You need to be able to bet the Astros and win the World Series with Georgia football to win college football. And uh, Duke, just say uh, this first team that came to my head to win college basketball or uh, somebody in the NBA Finals or hockey. Um, you can get a lot of value on those things. Really, we always talk about value, value, value. You probably get sick of me saying value, but um, value is where you want to be here. You, you don't want to be surrendering a lot of capital to to win a little bit. You want to surrender a little to win a lot, and that's what you can do with these. You get three or four teams in there. You mix it in. Maybe you go John Rom to win the Open Championship. You go uh, the Chiefs to win the AFC West. You go the Astros to win the American League, and you Maybe add one more, Georgia, to uh, win or to make the college football playoff, just say. And you put those four together, and boy, you would be surprised how quickly your odds jump up. Uh, you put five, ten dollars on there, and you're, you're looking at a pretty hefty payback. So uh, explore those, look through them, look through the MLBs. If you want to uh, take a shot with the team to win the American League or the National League, it gives you an option too. If, if you do the leagues, winning the leagues, then you can kind of uh, you can get crafty. You can hedge. You can do some interesting things. And and you you always want if you're going to do that, you want to try to have a, a favorite if you can in the last leg of that thing too, because then that gives you some opportunities. You get some some bigger prices that you can play back and hedge if if in fact you're trying to lock in a profit. And we've talked about that on the show. If you have questions, contact at the Pine Room Podcast.com. Uh, message us on Twitter, BLS at underscore PRP, and uh, call the show, 304-214-1600. Call our show on Monday, Tuesday, or Thursday, and ask any questions you want to ask about betting or anything else that maybe you think I can help you with. I'll be happy to do it. All right, so let's wind up segment number two. We're going to go through the AFL, my favorite league, uh, Australian Rules Football, recapping uh, week 18, or round 18, and we're going to go into round 19. Uh Port Adelaide last week got caught uh, resting some guys. They played uh, Carlton, didn't did not play well, but they're look. I think they were saving guys. They had some guys hurt, had a couple guys suspended. I think they're kind of were waiting for this next game, and that's this week against Collingwood. Uh, huge game. Top two teams in the league do battle. So think uh, be on the lookout for Port, and I'm going to talk about it here in a second. I think they're very alive this week. Uh, and don't look now. The Geelong Cats, uh, we had them kind of – I never had them dead and buried. I kept saying early in the season, keep on this team. They're gonna, You're going to get a better price on them in the long run. They're starting to click it in gear. They've, um, they're have they now unbeaten in their last four. They have a draw in there as well. Um, and, but they do play three really good teams in the next few weeks, starting with Brisbane this week. So keep an eye on them. I think, uh, think they're still live to be dangerous in the finals. And if they get in and get a good spot, which they're going to get in, I, I'd imagine. And uh, they're very dangerous. Uh, bad loss for uh, the Western Bulldogs last week. Uh, just a really bad loss to Sydney. Uh, just when you were getting some momentum out of them. Uh, they they stubbed their toe. And then seven out of the eight spots, in my estimation, are probably locked in as the, the Pies, the Power, the Lions, the Ds, the Cats, and uh, that's the Demons, if you're if you're wondering at home. That's Melbourne Demons, uh, Western Bulldogs, and the Bombers. I think they're probably likely to make it in. It's basically, to me, it's down to St. Kilda, uh, Greater Western Sydney, Giants, uh, Carlton, Richmond, Adelaide, and my Gold Coast Suns, who probably are in trouble to fight it out for that last spot. There's a shot maybe Western or Essendon comes back and, and falls out of the top eight, but I think it's I think seven of the teams are pretty sturdy in there, and uh, we'll be talking AFL playoffs here in a couple of weeks as they have just uh, five or six, ma- six matches, I think, left to go. Uh, all right, let's begin. 
These games are on Friday evening because uh, of the World Cup. They held back to give the ladies the the uh, full stage on Thursday. Australia and New Zealand. So a smart move by the AFL guys to hold off a day. So instead of starting the week on a Thursday, we'll start on a Friday. We got Friday, early morning, 5.50 a.m. You probably missed this one. Western at Essendon. Uh, Western, a three-and-a-half-point road favorite, total 170-and-a-half. I'll be recommending an underplay if you're able to get it in. Again, I'll have it on Twitter, 170-and-a-half, under Essendon in Western. Hawthorne at Richmond. This is 1145 Eastern time on Friday evening. Richmond, minus 18-and-a-half at home, 162-and-a-half the total. Hawthorne off a win over North Melbourne, which... North Melbourne is so, so bad. Uh, Richmond, I think, takes care of business well here. Minus 18.5, I think, to get the job done. Um, I not, don't love Richmond, but they're 8-8-1, eight, eight, and, and they're still alive for the playoffs, so they need to win this match and win it convincingly to get some momentum rolling uh, as they come down the stretch. On Saturday, 12-10 a.m., late Friday night, early Saturday, you got the 1-16 West Coast Eagles visiting the Carlton Blues. Carlton, minus 57.5. I think there's steam on this. It'll probably be at least 60 by the time you hear this. Total 174 and a half. I'll be recommending Carlton and the over against West Coast. 2.35 a.m. on Saturday. It's the Geelong Cats and the Brisbane Lions. This is going to be a great match. Brisbane at home. Great effort last week. They lost by one to Melbourne in a, just a tremendous game. Probably a future playoff matchup. Brisbane 13 and a half at home. Total 173 and a half. Tempted to play on the Cats here, but I'm going to pass. Brisbane's really good at home. Um, this will be a big test for the Cats. If they want to come out and play their very best here, uh, it could be a great game. 173 and a half. I'm going to be recommending an over there. I think uh, Brisbane will be going up and down the field. They may have the best offense overall in the league. Collingwood at Port Adelaide, 5.40 a.m. on Saturday morning. This is a great game. The two best teams in the league calling one the Magpies at the power. The power, I think, were playing possum last week. They're at home. Their fans are going to be so, so pumped up. Uh, They sat seven guys last week. They're a a two-and-a-half-point home dog. Probably play the power on the money line. Probably get them around even money, maybe minus 110, minus 115. Dead even game here. Total 164.5. Lean to the over, but in a game like this, Two great teams. This could be turn out to be a defensive battle, so I'll probably pass on a total play. Sydney at Fremantle, 5.40 a.m. Saturday morning. Fremantle, the Dockers, minus 1.5, total 167.5. Uh, the Swans, they lucked into a win last week against the Doggies. Uh, I don't see it happening again, uh, but I can't recommend a Fremantle bet either. I don't love them. So I'm going to be playing the under here. 167.5 will go under in Sydney and Fremantle. The nightcap on uh, Saturday. This is 11.10 Eastern time or our our time, Saturday night, Gold Coast. My Gold Coast Suns at the Greater Western Sydney Giants. Uh, Giants played well last week, and they need to win every one of these games to make it into the finals. So they're going to be uh, they're going to be ready. And it pains me because I was hoping the Gold Coast can make it. I gave that out as an early season bet to make the finals. They're probably not going to do it. They really need this win right here. Don't see it happening. They're 11.5-point dogs on the road. I'm going to be going with Western, uh, or GWS, sorry, Greater Western. Minus the 11.5. Total 168.5. I'm going to be playing under there. I think this turns into a defensive battle. Uh, GWS uh, shut out the Crows in the fourth quarter last week. They looked great. Uh, made up three scores and won the game. And then Gold Coast just can't score, period. So we'll be uh, playing against them, unfortunately. But if we were to get a win there somehow, we'll uh, we'll take it. Uh, Sunday morning, 1.20 a.m., late Saturday night, however you want to do it. Melbourne hosts Adelaide. The Demons starting to play well. 18.5-point 
home favorites, 167.5. That's not enough points. Melbourne rolls it up on the Crows. I'll be taking Melbourne minus 18.5 and the under 167.5. Adelaide didn't even score in the fourth quarter, as I mentioned. Uh, they're not very good, and they're limping. I think they're this finishes them off from playoff contention. Uh, so we'll be going Demons, and we'll be going under in that one. And then the final game, 2.40 a.m., Sunday morning, the Kangaroos of North Melbourne visiting the St. Kilda Saints and. Just when St. Kilda just continues to plummet down the table, if you remember the first five weeks, they were on top. They're 9-8 and eight now. They're clinging to a playoff spot. They need this win. North Melbourne, I watched the game last Saturday night. Absolute atrocious performance by North Melbourne. They, they, their players looked uh, like they really weren't even professionals. It was really, really horrible. And they were playing a really bad Hawthorne team. So if they were that bad against Hawthorne, St. Kilda really needs this match. It's at home. They're laying 26.5. I think the Saints get all over the Kangaroos here, and I like the under here. I don't think St. Kilda will surrender very many points. They have a very stout defense. It's one thing they can do. They don't score very much, but they got a great defense. So I'll be going with the Saints, and we'll be going with under 165.5, and that'll do it for our AFL roundup for uh, round 19. So uh, lots going on here in the sports betting world. Hope you've enjoyed the show so far. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back, and we're going to talk racing with Sam and then also get his thoughts on uh, the Pirates and uh, A.J. Highsmith and some other things going on in the sports world today. It's Better's Last Stand with Matt here in the Pine Room Studios. We'll be right back. Reminder, Better's Last Stand is for informational and entertainment purposes only. All wagering activities should only be conducted by those 21 years of age or older and within the confines of federal, state, and local law. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, contact 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. You're watching Better's Last Stand. All right, welcome back in. Better's Last Stand. Matt here with you, joined by Sam from Upper St. Clair today. Sammy, how we doing? Uh, Bucko's back in the wind column. Things are uh, looking okay for a couple hours. For for the yeah the rest of today it's great but man they are they are on a slide that is something I I don't think I've ever you know witnessed as a fan. Yeah, it's uh it's been quite horrible. Uh, going into when I when I saw they were down four nothing today they had then been like aggregately outscored by the uh, Indians like twenty four twenty five to one in the series until they finally woke up and uh, put a few runs on the board late. Yeah, it's I I I've, I've been a fan of the Pirates, you know, my whole life, and I'm sure you have too. But yeah, man, this year has, has been the worst. It's actually been the worst. Well, yeah, because they tease you and and they they give you this false hope that that normally you're just used to not having, but they they did, and uh, so a lot of people fell for it, optimistically or or you know uh, naively, however you want to look at it, but. Uh, I don't know. I, I think I really do. We talked last week. I, they they got to they got to sell off some guys now. They got to trade a few dudes just to try to because this year is not it's not, it's not happening. Um, they got to try to get ready for next year. But it just worries me. This this franchise concerns me. Their plan of action, just the way they handle things with between Henry Davis and you know yeah you got fucking three and four catchers on the roster. I mean, come on, what, what, are, we, what are we doing here? Yeah, it it, it, it scares me too because. Everybody's, everybody's like, like I texted, I texted you and Jared. Jared. Everybody's, everybody's here, here now. now. So now so what do we do? Right. There's nothing else to do. There's no other. I mean, other short of skeins. I mean, yeah, that's it. I mean, that's your last, your last hurrah. Like the last thing that you can 
you can do. And then they'll probably have some excuse why they can't have him up at the beginning of the year. But um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't understand. You, you just look at the teams like the Orioles, which you know you've been on Adley Rushman. Just how much that catching position means to your team, and uh, and then the way that the Reds have done things, and it just that doesn't give you a whole lot of confidence. The Pirates just seem like they don't know how to handle all these prospects at all. No, no, and they have two, two they can call up maybe now. Skeens and this other pitcher throws like a hundred. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I. I I don't know. I, I just think, yep, sell off the guys. Rich Hill, get rid of him. Santana, all these hey, guys. I, I get Rich Hill was freaked out today. Is that true? I didn't see, but I did read something about it. No, I didn't I didn't catch it because when I, I wasn't paying attention to the game, I think, when he came out. So, uh, no, I did not see. <laughs> yeah, they said he was yelling at his teammates on the radio. Well, he's probably had enough. He's probably ready for a trade. <laughs> he's probably ready to go back to the Dodgers. Ready to go to contender, yeah. Just work out of the bullpen, so something. I don't know. We'll see. All right, but on to brighter things. Let's let's talk some racing. Uh, yes, please. Yeah, so we had a Monday finish uh, for NASCAR up at Loudon. Uh, Martin Truax got to lift the giant lobster at the end of the day. He 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 was much the best car, and uh, I, I know you didn't get to see a lot of it because you were tied up at work. We had a pretty solid race. I mean, it had a lot of action, a lot of passes, a lot, a lot of guys with pretty solid cars. I thought some some teams uh, showed some signs of life. Uh, you know, Kozlowski's teams we talked about last week ran well again. Uh, Daniel Suarez ran well. I mean, you had guys um, that hadn't had great years in contention. Eric Almarola was a car good enough to win, but then his pit crew fucked him by not tightening the wheel. Uh, you know, they take two tires, and they sit there, and they actually had to wait for gas. So they're not in a hurry at all. To, to that, You could have tightened that lug nut five times, and, and he's waiting for fuel and they they got him full, obviously, but they didn't get the wheel on. And on the restart, he, he almost takes out other cars too, which would have been real bad. But um, I know you didn't get to see much of it. But what what from what you read and what you watched in clips, uh, what were your thoughts about New Hampshire? It's a sneaky, decent track. I, I don't mind that track. From the highlights that I saw, it looked like good racing. But really, everybody has said, yourself included, that Truex just he was just dominant, absolutely dominant. And I love it. I love that it throws a wrench into the what's Truex going to do, what does Toyota and JGR do. Yeah, puts pressure on them. The classic wheel falling off when you're in your lead. Yeah, you know that's why racing is great. You can have a great car be in the lead, and somebody else can fuck you over. Yeah. No question. And, and when the cautions were coming uh, late, and I had Logano, so I was kind of, and I, I liked Truex. He was my pick to win the championship, and I think he's really good. But uh, I was hoping Logano could somehow uh, catch a break, but they could never they could never do anything on the restarts against Truex. He was just too good. And, and we've seen it time and time again. When his crew finds the right setup for him, and he has a good car, he's almost unbeatable. He, he's, he really just dominates races. When he wins, he dominates. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just I'm looking here. You have four Toyotas, three Fords, Chevys. How does Briscoe get a top ten that? Yeah, yeah. How does that happen? Yeah, he's on a milk carton, and he finally showed up. Like, here he comes. Oh, hey, remember him? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's shocking uh, to see his name up there. But, uh, yeah, I guess everybody has a lucky run once in a while. But, uh yeah, it was a it was a good race. I uh, wish it would have been on Sunday, so more people could have enjoyed it. But uh, pretty solid. NASCAR's uh, had had some exciting races uh, back to back to back now, and now we go to a place that I don't mind. This place, I know people say going to it in real life sucks. It's so big, but uh, on TV, Pocono is is, is a good uh, watchers racetrack, in my opinion. What do you think? 
Yeah, they always do that beautiful zoom out and yeah. they show the mountains, the Poconos. Yeah. Kim Duty. Yeah, po- Pocono, get your uh, lover's weekend up there at Pocono, take the girl <laughs> to the race. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> it's a I ma- love you like some ass. Yes, exactly. Hopefully you went. Hopefully you were camping out. Yeah, that'll be that'll be real fun. But uh, uh, before we get to that, let's let's jump back over to uh, let's actually just jump over to uh, open wheel. Um, we're back in uh, F one this week, Hungarian Grand Prix. Uh, guess who's favored? I know that's shocking. Max Verstappen again, unbelievable. This guy's really good. I think he is good, Matt. <laughs> Real freaking good. Yeah, so uh, defending champ as usual. So he won here at Hungary, the Hungarian Grand Prix last time. Uh, Lewis Hamilton, George Russell both ran in the top three. Carlos Sainz, Sergio Perez, Charles Leclerc, Lando Norris, Fernando Alonso, the top eight. Um, probably not much to recommend outside of Max, but do you think um, any momentum is carried over from the McLaren team, and are they worth a, a shot at a podium finish? And uh, and or the Mercedes team, do they? Do they? Uh, they you know they've been running pretty well. Do they stay up near the top? And then does Sergio Perez uh, take a step back up to get that podium again? He's he's been out of there for a little bit. Well, personally, with Sergio, I hope that he doesn't get a podium because I love the drama. Right. I love it. I just love that Ricardo coming in. They say Perez wants his seat. The, the pressure's been on Perez. Perez. I, really what I'm looking at is McLaren. McLaren. McLaren, McLaren do it again. again. That's right. the biggest thing for me the whole week. I don't, I don't really care about Mercedes, Ferrari, Ferrari. Ferrari. Red Bull's, Red Bull's going to win. win. I want to see, see if McLaren, McLaren if they can really push themselves towards, towards you know, the Mercedes and the Aston Martin to really clean up there and contend. Yeah, no no doubt about it. Do you think... Fernando Alonso bounces back. He didn't have his best race last week. I mean, I thought he was worth a look, maybe in a top three. He needs, he needs to, bounce to bounce back. back. Yeah. Yeah. Martin needs all those points that they can get. Yeah. Any any outsiders? Any guys that that may that maybe can knock on the door of a top six out of nowhere? Any? I don't know. It's hard to find. I guess. I'm just going to say it because he's back this week, this week and, and people, people love it. Love the honey badger. No. Daniel Ricciardo. Sure. It, it, Matt, Matt, he's, he's going to finish like 15th. I know it. That's what my gut and my heart say. But yeah, let's give it a whirl. Yeah, no, he may roll the dice with him. Maybe he gets a little momentum. Uh, there's already talk about him taking some other guys' seats next year already. So, yeah, so uh, yeah, he goes from forgotten about to uh, getting a, a temporary ride, and now he might be the hot commodity if he can put together a few uh, a few good finishes, some points finishes for the end of the season. Uh, he may parlay that into a, a nice ride and uh, some g- a good financial setup for him. Yeah, it's funny yeah, you funny say that. that. I, I think, think last week, Logan, Logan Sargent and, and the Williams, Williams camp, they kind of secured, secured themselves, too. too. Yeah. You know, that was yeah, a huge drive from Logan Sargent. Yes. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's, Williams shown some signs of life. They're, they're actually finishing ahead of some people for once. Shocking. Hell's, Hell's freezing, freezing over. Yeah, really. It is. Or maybe the... Maybe hell is coming to Earth because it's hot out. So, <laughs> one explanation or another has got to be so. All right, let's jump over to uh, to IndyCar. Uh, <laughs> Christian Lungard at a hundred to one. I saw him like a hundred and ten, hundred and five. Uh, great price at Toronto wins. At, you know, just a great return on investment. Uh, what were your observations from that race and uh, from Toronto and then this strange Iowa doubleheader? Which I actually read into a little bit more, but first, let me get your thoughts on uh, Lungard winning in Toronto. Well, 
I think Lundgren winning that is awesome. It's the exact reason why I love IndyCar so much. Christian Lundgren, no one would have said he was going to get an IndyCar victory this year. From the pole as well. Right. Just had the best car, yeah. And it just shows that like how close the cars really are. And it was just great. I really did think it was great. I love the Pelos. You know, he's pulling away with it, but still other winners. I thought it was overall pretty damn good. Yeah, so the thing about that, uh, with Lungard winning, I, I do think you make a good point because in, in IndyCar, you're you're able to get, you know, a lot of times you see in other forms of racing, uh, if a guy gets a pole and, and, he's, and he's a lesser team or not well-known, he'll fade. You know, he just won't be able to hold it together, whether it's a mechanical issue or he's just not that good of a driver. But in this, he obviously had a great car, and he's a good enough driver to be able to win that race against a lot of other really talented guys and great, great teams. So I, I think that that says a lot uh, about him and his team for just you know getting him up there and uh, holding them up there the, the entire day. So just a tremendous performance. And you talk about it all the time about the depth of the driver colony here in Indy. Ray, Ray, and Ray, Ray Hall, Hall really, really, really needed that win. That win. Sure. Really for sure. Bad. Yeah, because they have not had the easiest season. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one that the whole team is is, is really really excited about. Um, so yeah. So uh, all right, let's shift over to Iowa. So I was researching a little bit about this. This this thing they have going here is quite impressive. It's I, it's like this giant festival. I, I didn't I didn't know why they did. So f- uh, folks who are listening and watching th- this IndyCar weekend, they're actually running two races back to back days. Uh, in at this Iowa Speedway, so uh, it, it's quite interesting. So you're going to have one on, uh, I think it's is it Saturday Sunday? I think they're doing it. Yeah, Saturday yeah, and yeah, Sunday. Yeah. Sunday. So Saturday and Sunday, back to back days. You're going 250 miles. And uh, but I, I looked at some of the acts that were booked that, that played this last year. It was like Kenny Chesney and Ed Sheeran and like these monster monster acts. So they must be trying to bring every single person that lives in the heartland of America to Iowa for this weekend. And one race just wasn't enough. They had to have two. And uh, I guess you could get your fix of music of all kinds and uh, racing. It sounds like a quite a quite a thing to see. I remember, I remember reading last, last year when this happened that this was, this was quite, quite a success. success. It seems to be. Well, I don't I understand, understand two days, days in a row racing. racing. Why don't Why they, don't just, they do just do one big one? one? Right. right. But, you know, you I guess know, more the merrier, more, more money. More money. I just right. think it's, I just find I just it find odd, odd because, because I like the same, same people for both days because it's the same, same race. Right, right. <laughs> so. And that, that's what's tricky about it. There's nothing different. It's not like they the tracks changed or the you know the layout or anything. It's uh it's the same exact race two days in a row. But yeah, I I don't. The only thing I can think of is it's a money grab and maybe just to get more eyeballs live in person. Maybe you know you however many seats this thing has. You get an entire new set of viewers the next day, uh, and and there isn't a lot of racetracks in that area of the country, so I get it a little bit. But it is weird. It's like I don't know. Like you, or at least uh, do it race one Friday night if they had lights under the lights, and then do one Sunday afternoon. Give them a day off in between. But uh, I don't know. I guess these guys are tough enough to handle it. But you're right. Uh, last year's winners, uh, New Garden and Pato Award, uh, Award finished second and first. And then you had uh, Will Power was in the top five in both. And Scott Dixon was in the top five in both. Colton Herta didn't run that well. Joseph Newgarden was the one. He won the first one and then finished 24th after crash in the second day. Uh, 
Who are we going with? Do you, do you see a lot of those same guys I just mentioned? New Garneau, Ward, Power, Dixon is the guys to beat? Uh, or, or is there a new shooter that you're interested in? I'm going, I'm going with, with Will, Will Power. Power okay. I like it. There's just There's something just when I was looking at the, the races, the lap leaders throughout the race, that's one thing I always check just to see who, who can manage to get themselves to the front consistently. They may not win. Can they do it year over year? And when I look at all those results, Will Power's name consistently came up as a lap leader at this race. Yeah, he led, uh, well, just last year, for instance, he led 103 laps in the two days. So, uh, And only Joseph Newgarden led more. So, yeah, uh, I would say that's a pretty good pretty good guess any any uh any long shots uh how do you how do you expect scott dixon right now scott dixon and joseph newgarden are the second choices in the championship which alex Pillow is now minus 16 dollars. so that means you gotta lay 1600 to win 100 dollars to win the championship uh dixon and newgarden the only guys within uh striking distance they're 12 to one um you obviously like newgarden uh and, and dixon you, you, you've given them out here before but uh do you think either one of them has a chance to contend in this race and in the championship? I think if I anyone think has, a has a chance to contend, to contend it's, it's, I mean, Dixon and Newgarden, Newgarden are right, right next to each, next each other. Right. I would say, I would say uh, Dixon. Dixon. I'm going to go with Scott Dixon. Dixon. Okay. Over Newgarden. I know Newgarden's won this race four times, but oh, it's racing Yes, very. But if you can hit one, uh, you can make up for a lot of losses. So that's the good part about it. Um, let's go to uh, some dark horse guys. Anybody, anybody expect to run, uh, you know, better? Anybody that's been trending in the right direction? Uh, Colton Herta was a guy last year, was one of the among one of the favorites, but he didn't run well. Um, I don't know. Does uh, does Lung Lungard carry some momentum in? I doubt it, but. Uh, I mean, I don't think so. I look at somebody like Renus BK because he yeah. finished fourth here in the first race. But, I mean, he's just been so inconsistent this year, Matt. He's just a ghost. He's yeah, non-existent. I've gotten off betting him. I I, I backed him a lot, and uh, I just I can't can't do it anymore. Uh, Scott McLaughlin has been showing some signs of life. Uh, getting there. Marcus Erickson, uh, he didn't run particularly well here. He was in the top. I guess you can't say he's eighth and sixth. So that's not terrible. Um, I don't know. I, I didn't. I didn't see anybody that really struck me. I don't think Alexander Rossi was worth a look. Um, I don't know. I, I I don't really have a whole lot of uh, of dark horses, but I agree with you. I think VK. If the guy just can't put it together, he just. He just seems like he has too many mental lapses in critical times. Yeah, I'd love to see Lungard do another one two weeks in a row. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he would too. Uh, Ray Hall Letterman would be pretty pretty pumped up. But, uh, yeah, they could use it. All right, so we're going to go with Will Power, and that one I agree with you. I think he's going to be very strong, and, uh, and you just you can't ever – you can never really right now um, – count out uh, Alex Pillow. I guess he's just always on the radar as a guy that, um, I don't know, maybe you get, he didn't run particularly well here last year, so he was, I think, 13th and uh, 6th, so maybe you get a little bit of value on him this week. Is he worth rolling the dice if he's like 8-1 to one or something? Yeah, yeah I, I would say so. so. Yeah. Definitely. Yep. I agree, because most of the time you're getting him around 3-4-1 and four to one if you're lucky, because of the way he's been dominating. So uh, keep an eye out for that, folks. If you see a decent price on him, it might be the time to get him. you got back-to-back days, and then um, be looking at guys who uh, race well on Saturday 
and then maybe trying to beat him on Sunday with a different guy at a better price. So uh, we'll uh, have more analysis on that if we uh, get any more thoughts from Sam from the weekend once they qualify and get over there. It's a long, long time to be spending in Iowa. They got a lot, few days. Uh, they're, they're stuck there for a while. I'm assuming they're getting there probably tomorrow, and by the time they start getting some practice time uh, under them and qualifying, they're going to be there for like five days. It's going to be like they're in Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Yeah, hopefully they get to run into like coach parents or something like that. Yeah, yeah. The race will be a little more exciting than Iowa football, I'd say. But we'll see. Let's hope. Let's hope for that. Yes, yes, sure is. Uh, low scoring affairs. All right, let's jump back over to NASCAR. The HighPoint.com 400 at Pocono Raceway. Um, right now, it looks like Kyle Busch. Maybe the favorite that I'm seeing. Yeah, him and Denny Hamlin, about five and a half to one, five, five and a half to one. Kyle Larson, seven to one. Martin Truex, also around five, six to one. Uh, Sam, when I was going through this, I thought it, there was a lot of guys that were in contention. A lot of guys have run here well. Um, I think Kyle Busch is due for a big run. I like him. He He's run well here in the last two years. He actually, if you remember, this race had strange outcomes last year so you had uh denny hamlin wins the race kyle bush finishes second and they both fail post-race inspections and chase elliott wins so if you see that folks that elliott won the race last year he really didn't win uh he finished third and then got awarded the victory so that was an interesting one if you had that in your ticket that was a bad beat and depending on the book that you bet at some of them honored hamlin others honored elliott so hopefully you're on the right end of that i think kyle bush is set for a big run i don't love his price so i probably won't bet him to win but uh I, I thought he was an interesting uh contender but like i said larson truex hamlin do you see those four being the top guys or, or is there somebody else that you like um you know there's so many good drivers i guess you could make a case for several other guys but what do you think about those four guys i've got three, three names highlighted, highlighted. Denny, Denny hamlin, hamlin kyle, kyle larson kyle Bush. Bush. yep well you those were on the same best, page with that three that i like I love, I love the Toyotas, the Toyotas in, general. in general. I have a note here that says, I love the Toyotas, but if it's Chevy, it's Hendrick or Trackhouse. Yep, I got the exact same note written down on the bottom of this paper. Chevy to win, Hendrick and Trackhouse, and I put maybe RCR, just maybe, but I don't know. That's yeah, I have an Eric, Eric Jones, Jones question mark, and then I noted, I noted that, that McDowell finished P6 here last year. Yeah, no, I don't know, but McDowell's showing some signs here and there. He is. He's he's actually been pretty solid. I, I I'd say he's had a pretty good year for a guy that he you know his caliber, um, in the team of his caliber. I, I think he he's he's outperformed probably. Um it's kind of some second tier guys that I was interested in. Uh, I thought Elliott was worth a, a look at twelve to one just because he needs the race. And Pocono's been one of these tracks that's had um a lot there's a lot of strategy involved in these, whether it's fuel mileage, um, tires uh, guys, you know, staying out late in races. It seems like it always brings a uh, some drama to the to the endings of these races. So I think Elliott's team would be in a position where they would definitely gamble to try to get that win here. So I think that makes him a little bit more lively uh, at twelve to one. And then I thought Brad Keselowski and Suarez carrying some momentum. They've been running pretty well. Brad at thirty five to one. Suarez at twenty five to one. Tyler Reddick's been sneaky good here, fourteen to one. Um, and then Trackhouse, just going back from uh, Suarez, the Chastain, 12-1. to 1. But I gotta, I don't know why. I have a gut feeling that Alex Bowman's going to be a contender this week. 35-1. Yes. to 1. I got a gut yes. feeling. So I'm going to be going with him as my race pick. 
I just say in my head, Matt didn't, didn't say Bowman, and if he doesn't say it, I got to bring it up. I knew we were on the same page. I yes. knew it. I got a feeling. I don't know. He's he's starting to, to to bring it back a little bit. He's getting settled back in after being out. Um, I, I like him this week. He's won here before. I think he's won. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure he's won. But if not, yep, he's, yep. I know he's run run very well. And you mentioned it. The Hendrick cars, um, Larson, Elliott, Byron. You just can't count him out anywhere. He's nine to one. I mean, he's. I can't bet him at nine to one, but Bowman at thirty-five to one looks pretty damn good. He's got the same damn equipment as those other three guys. Yeah, and yeah, I think and I let's think see here. He won. Yeah, twenty twenty-one. He won this race. Okay. So what? So you saw in your and when you were running numbers, you thought you saw Bowman popping up from time to time. Yeah, yeah. saw him popping up the previous winner. He's in Team Hendrick. You know that that's a huge advantage over half the field already. Sure, he's he's a quiet. Quiet these past couple weeks. It's like the writing's on the wall, man. Yeah, and and I think he needs a, a good finish here soon. I mean, you got you got Byron and Larson are, are arguably the two of the top three drivers in the in the circuit right now. And then Elliott, when he's healthy and, and running well, he's a top three driver on the circuit. So Bowman, who had a great start to his season, a lot of momentum, and then he gets hurt, uh, and so he he's he's due to kind of make a move because. Eventually, he's going to lose this ride. That's just too good of a car and a team. If he keeps just being mediocre and obviously sticks out as the as the one of the four that can't contend anymore, he's going to be gone. So, uh, to me, he he's got a he needs a win very badly. So you got two teams, uh, two Hendrick Motorsports, two of the teams that they have the uh, nine and the forty eight both need wins badly. So, so, so Truex has won, won this race, race before, before only, only once. once. It was a 2018. 2018. Do you, Do you think, think there's a chance? chance? Well, here's what I'd like to know, and I don't know how, how much. I I, I know, uh, I think Loudon's a track where they shift a lot. He may bring the same car here. Not like that matters like it used to, but if, if, you, if you're new to NASCAR, back before this new car, uh, sometimes these guys would r- use the same car two and three weeks in a row if the tracks were similar. And if they had it locked in, I mean, it was they could they could. You know, Jeff Gordon would win five six races in a row back in the day. Uh, I doubt Truex can do that now, but I mean, why not? If he if he gets the car under him, like we said, if his team finds a setup perfectly for him, I mean, he's going to be hard to beat again. But uh, I won't be able to bet him at five and a half to one. But uh, we'll see where he qualifies and. He's uh he's riding high right now, and I I definitely still consider him a a very very good contender to win the championship. I love, love it. it. I, I love that this the old man. man. I, I, I need, need a Harvick win. win. That's it, what I. It need. could come. It could come. He's sixteen to one this week, and his Harvick was in contention last week. He ran well at Loudon. He was he was right there. I, I mean, he had a car, at least a top five car. Um, in, in you know a couple breaks go his way, he could win too. So, hey, uh, how do you feel about Bush Light leaving? Uh, Stuart Haas, yeah, attack. yeah, that's uh, interesting. Yeah, there might be a little bitterness there. They're they're trying to hitch their wagon to the to the new uh, up and comers, I guess. I think it's a great move. Yeah, no, for them it makes a lot of sense. Uh, they get they get uh, some guys with some personality. You got uh, yeah. So I mean, Trackhouse is going in the right direction in every which way. I mean, they're they you know they got they got Daniel Suarez who's very popular. He's bringing in an entire different demographic of of race fans. And then he got Chastain, who's the guy that everyone hates, the villain. The villain. And then you got the when they put somebody in a third car, they win in Chicago Street Race. So, I mean, they got a lot of things at their disposal, and uh, I, I expect them to continue to gain uh, really good sponsors. They're, uh, 
I'm going to say Richard Childress is bringing another supercars racer over for Roval. Oh, okay. Nice. People are going to be trying that out. Oh, my God, Matt. Can you imagine what that guy's number is going to be? Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I know. That's going to be really interesting. Yeah, and RCR, you know, they, they, man, boy, Austin Dillon, what a disaster he's been this year. Terrible. Like, when's enough enough? When's the grandchild card, you know, run out? Like, he's got his own reality show and shit, and, and he's just been horrible. This was his worst year in a long time. Yeah. Once, yeah. The, once he got the reality show, that should have been the sign. Yeah. You got to go. Yeah. Uh, Joey Logano ran well last week, um, getting some momentum. I still don't think we've heard the last of him this year. What do you say? No, because no, every, every, every week we mention him, Matt, just, his, name his name is closer, closer and closer, closer to, to P1. P1. It's yep. getting, getting back to where he started in the beginning of the year. Yep. And, uh, you know, Brian Blaney quietly ran well last week. He just, you know, like you said it, probably don't expect him to win maybe again this year or maybe until the playoffs when it matters a lot. But, like, Blaney's like, I got my win. I'm good. I just cruise around. But he's always solid. He's always, like, a safe bet for, like, a top 10. Uh, he, he just he doesn't have a whole lot of mistakes. Uh, one guy that I think, though, it needs to start to eliminate his mistakes is, and this one really wasn't his fault, but Chris Bell had another issue on pit road. Super talented. He had a great car at Loudon. He could have probably contended with Truex, but a couple of mistakes. Uh, he spun late, uh, had the issue on pit road. Um, I think once he gets the consistency there, then I think we'll start talking about him in the echelon of Larson, Bush, Truex, Hamlin, those guys. What do you say? Yeah, I yeah, think Christopher Bell was a great, great racer. And, you're, and you said it. He's just had things not go his way. That, that's racing. That's what it is, man. Yeah. It's it's hard to foresee so many things out there when you got thirty seven cars and and you just you're driving these cars you know to the brink of what they can handle and you got you're inches apart. I mean, yeah, these guys uh, these guys are warriors and it's pretty neat to to see them battle each each week and, and you're getting you're getting NASCAR's got to be pretty happy. They've got a lot of different winners and uh, playoffs are going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to those. We're down to what? What do we got? Five or six weeks left. Which one's the first playoff race? Mm, Vegas could be. Yeah, I want to say I looked and I think it was five or six weeks, but it's it's getting down to crunch time. You only got a few more, and you need you got guys like uh, Elliott that are desperate to win. Bowman, as we talked about, I mean Harvick's going to want to win, but he'll probably point his way in. Kozlowski's right now probably safe with points, but. You know he wants to win really bad. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of hungry dudes out here trying to get this win. And uh, Pocono, I like I say, I like Pocono. I think it's a good TV track. I'll have you know, Matt, on September, let's see here, September 16th, there's the Bass Pro Shops NRA Night Race in Bristol. Oh, yeah. The NRA Night Race. Yeah. That would be a good one. Yeah, no, I, when I used to go to that, I, I went to that race several years, and uh, yeah, the NRA was hugely prominent at that. It was all, I got, I got an old NRA shirt somewhere. Uh, yeah, they, they you could like sign up for the NRA, and they give you a shirt. It was cool. But yeah, that'll be. some free tickets. I'll sign up. Yeah, I know, really. Packed house for that one. So uh, anything else on your mind sports-wise? I saw uh, the Steelers make a big signing today is Highsmith. Uh, gets paid. What are your thoughts it. on that? One? I, I love I it. What, what, what people on the radio calling? Oh, he's overpaid. He's not TJ Walt. They, now they can't sign other people. I don't know what Steelers fans want, Matt. Right. No. He, what here's right. Uh, and and here's what I I think. And I think it sums it up. From what we've heard in the NFL this week, we have a bunch of running backs crying, 
and we have uh, people now talking about you know here's a guy that's probably like uh, like Robin to to Batman uh, for the Steelers, but it shows what the league is. You need a guy that can throw the ball, and you need guys that can rush the passer and get off the field on third down. And the Steelers now have solidified their outside edge rush. And that shows you that running backs in a running game just is forgotten about. It really, it's just not a part of every week, week in, week out football. You you need quarterbacks that can move the ball, and you need pass rushers that can stop them from moving it. And that eliminates the running back from the equation until the playoffs, when you have to have uh, three or four backs that can run the ball for you in, in big games. But I'm sorry, it's you know that's just the way it is. What do you think? I I love that these running backs. I don't love it. I mean, they're still making a lot of money. I get it. I get it. But like the Giants, everyone's like criticizing the Giants for not signing them. What do, what do you want? If you have the option to not sign a guy to a contract and you can sign him for $10 million for the year, right? that's just common sense. Yeah, no, I, I don't think you can criticize the Giants at all. The Giants would be foolish. They see what happens when you, when you do this uh, in their own division, for instance, the Cowboys. Just wasting money on Zeke Elliott is a stupid decision by them. And and if the Giants are right now on the cusp of starting to trend upward, but they're if they make another blunder, then it's it undoes all their progress. So I, I get it. Barkley's talented, but come on, like you you got the Chiefs being able to win Super Bowls with Jarek McKinnon, who's been like you know, five teams in, since he blew his ACL out, and in a seventh round draft pick in Pacheco. So. I just don't think you can fault the Giants or any teams who don't want to invest in these running backs. There's not any Adrian Petersons and Terrell Davises and guys like that out there anymore. And it's also, you, yeah, yeah, like you like said, you, you said, can't, can't just think that Saquon's that, that. He's, he's not, not that, that good. good. Right. Like if, like if Daniel, Daniel Jones is gone, gone all year, year their, their record, record, I know, I know it's like, like uh, would be so much worse. Sure. If Saquon was gone all year. I mean, you can get by with journeyman running backs you can't get by with journeyman quarterbacks we we see that and and I know, I know people think Daniel Jones sucks and I mean I think he took some strides and I don't think he's that terrible I, I really don't his stats were so so throwing the ball but he ran the ball well and he I think he ran like I think he scored like seven or ten touchdowns he, he's 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 dangerous in the red zone and that's another thing that works against Barkley Barkley wasn't overly good in the passing game which is a concern in today's NFL and you know, when your quarterback's running the ball and instead of you, you know, that that's another sign is, you know, maybe we can get by with Matt Breida and a couple other bums in the backfield. But, I mean, hopefully they find uh, a solution because, you, you know, you hate to see that for fantasy reasons and various other stuff. But uh, I don't blame these teams for not paying the backs. Sadly, that's just the way it is. Yeah, I just don't know what Saquon's plan is. You yeah. know, like... You're going to come back, you're going to sit out all year? Yeah, and you don't get game checks, you're going to pull a Lev Bell? I mean, that worked out well. How quick was he out of the league after that whole thing went down? Right, right. and now he's apologizing to Steelers fans this week, saying you shouldn't have left. We fucking told you that, you idiot. You You know what, too, and just to show you how stupid that guy is, if he stays with the Steelers, he's an all time great. Same with Antonio Brown. Uh, but then again, I don't know. His head might have been so damaged by perfect that it might not have mattered. But like those guys all thought, you know, oh, the grass is greener here and there, and and, and it just, I mean, whatever. AB won one after that, but just terrible decision making by these guys. Uh, they didn't realize what they had, and Tomlin actually did a hell of a job controlling those guys somehow. I don't know how he did it. Yeah, he yeah, deserves a coaching award for that. Yeah, yeah, I'll say. But uh, I don't know. 
We'll see. Uh, we'll talk plenty of football. Hard to believe training camp starts next week. A Hall of Fame game in two we're weeks. Back. We're back. Yeah. Um, so how's uh, how's the, the niece doing? How's little Greta? She's good, man. She's just good. fussy, hungry, growing. Yeah, good. Just being a baby. How's how's the dad holding up? Oh, I haven't oh, talked to him great. in a while. Okay. He's great. Good. great. good. He's All right, buddy. Well, thanks for uh, catching up with us this week. We'll uh, see you here in the same spot next week. Uh, best of luck with your bets. Enjoy the racing. Enjoy the baseball. Um, hopefully the Pirates uh, don't upset you too much more. Yeah, I say this reluctantly. Go box. <laughs> yeah, Jared ends every show the same way, so... Keep saying it, but maybe it'll come true. 24, 2024 is the year. We'll be nah, you know what? You know what's funny? Before I go, this is what I want to end on. I'm so glad you brought that up. That dude, it's next year. You know what I'm saying? We've heard two years ago, three years ago. It's like holy shit. It's next year, and everybody that was supposed to be brought up next year is up this year. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so far, the uh, preview hasn't been very good, but we'll see. Uh, they 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 may need to move on from Shelton. Uh, Sheltie might have to go just to get a fresh start. Thank you. Yeah. I, said, I said that to a friend the other day. I said if this this embarrassment keeps up, seventeen's gone. Yeah, he, he he's got to go. I think I think it would be best for the whole the whole operation to just start fresh with this new optimism, and uh, we'll see. But uh, if they can find a manager that that'll work cheap, they might have a chance. Yeah, all right. Just not John Russell. They don't need him. So. All right, Sam. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for the analysis, buddy, as always. Have a good weekend. Yes, sir. Later, Matt. All right. See ya. All right. That was Sam the Man from Upper St. Clair. Thanks again for him uh, for joining us all the time here on the show. Uh, be sure to check us out all over the radio as we're on seven hours a week. We're actually going to have a special show uh, next week when you're listening to this. It'll be the week wrapping around there. We're going to have... Uh, we're going to be on our regular spots, I believe, Monday and Tuesday, and then we're going to be at the Italian Festival, noon to 3 on Friday. So come on down, check us out. Uh, I'm assuming the phone lines will be open, so give us a call, 304-214-1600. Anything you want to chat about, we got plenty of cool things happening. Uh, i got some good guests lined up uh, in the future days, and uh, we'll talk plenty more sports and oddities and history and all kinds of other stuff that you've gotten to uh, here on the podcast and the various other shows here in the Pine Room Studios. So that'll do it for us here on Better's Last Stand. Hope you uh, have a great weekend. Hope you win some bets, enjoy your time, and uh, stay cool. And we'll be back here next week and uh, try to uh, carve out some more winners and uh, talk sports betting here on the Pine Room Studios betting station. That's Better's Last Stand. It'll be uh, good to be back with you again next week as we uh, try to Put some winners on the board. Enjoy that World Cup. Enjoy that AFL. Enjoy the Open Championship. Should be a fun weekend of sports. Football right around the corner. We'll see you next week on Better's Last Stand.